let's exalt the King here tonight. Close your eyes, lift your hands, and let your voice out right now. Come on, this is a vocal kingdom. Something is activated when we lift our voice. Somebody thank you for what he's done this weekend already. There's a burden that's going to visit us here tonight. And we have to choose whether we're going to pick it up or not. Where are the burden bearers? The prayer warriors. The soul winners. take your attention tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 starting with verse number 9 I will read 9 10 and 11 and I want to say how much I have enjoyed myself here take your Bibles in your hand I want to say how much I, enjoy, I have enjoyed myself here my goodness, what a move of the Holy Ghost we have had. And um, what tremendous preaching by Brother Carroll. I told him, I said, man, that message this morning needs to go in the apostolic archives. One of the greatest messages I've heard on the subject of having a pastor and loving what's being preached regardless if we like it or not. And uh, to the Bradford family, I have just enjoyed getting to, to know you and uh, I've been so impressed with the leadership of Pastor Kevin Bradford. He is without a out a true leader I've seen him at least once every service just come and take charge and um, what a unique ministry what a pure spirit and I just want to stay connected and I'm honored to be here uh, tonight I'm going to do my best to be spent for the kingdom once again and uh, I'm going to do my best to provoke you to greatness. I want to provoke you to revival. I want to provoke you to harvest. There will be a burden that visits us tonight. 
and we must make the decision to pick it up. 2 Corinthians 5 and 9. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Somebody say we must. That's a big word there. Nobody gets out of that. We must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We persuade men. Verse 10 said, for we must. Somebody say we must. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. My subject for you tonight is this. Moved by a must. Moved by a must. Throw your hands up to the Lord. Let your voice out one more time. I feel something setting down on us tonight. God, this is so much bigger than me tonight. I cannot do this alone. God, I'm so heavily dependent on you. Help me one more time, Jesus. Let the anointing inspire. Let the anointing break the yoke of bondage in this room. Come on, somebody pray with me right now. Come on, I need everybody praying. God, let us, let us come tonight with open hands ready to receive. Ready to receive something that you're going to put on us tonight. Come on, clap your hands and praise him for what he has done already. Please be seated. Moved by a must. Moved by a must. I need to begin today by saying that we are living in a very unique and a very urgent hour. It was John who wrote in the very first book of the book of Revelation of the very first chapter, the book of Revelation, and also the very first verse. He said, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show us, or, or, or to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Somebody say must. That's a very big word. Again, uh, we go throughout the entire book of Revelation and then towards the end of the book in Revelation 22 and 6, John writes again, inspired by the Holy Ghost, a very similar passage of, of Scripture. And it says, And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the, of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Somebody say must. As John wrote this book of end time prophecy, 
he doesn't speak along the lines of possibilities or probabilities but instead he both opens and closes his writing with a must telling us that things must shortly come to pass and must shortly be finished forever it's amazing to me that every time the news talks about war or mass sickness or lawlessness, uh, perversion on the rise or some other uh, end time event that the Bible has already warned us about, it is then that the church begins to make up their mind maybe we should pray about now when truthfully we should have been praying all along. I need to preach this here tonight. Because I feel like it's an important revelation. Our prayers will not hold back biblical prophecy. When John wrote these things, the first verse of the book was marked with a must. He went on to say a number of things that's already come to pass. And then he closes the book and it's marked with a must. Again, the end of times, the end of times, the coming of the Lord, it is a must. The end of the earth is a must. Judgment is a must. Oh, the world ending and melting with fervent heat. It is a must. You can't get away from it. We can't, we, we can't bypass it. We can't pray our way out of it. We're here, we're here praising the Lord tonight and we're praying and we're worshiping and we're giving him glory. But even in the midst of this, there is a time clock that we cannot see. There is a time clock. Nobody knows the angels in heaven don't even know what time it says oh only he knows it's it is God's secret I love throughout scripture we see that God shares revelation with man but the, he shares his secrets with man I like when I go to prayer or I'm in that book and a voice from heaven speaks to me nobody else hears it but it's something in my soul that burns and brands something into me and I just know God has spoken unto me sometimes he shares his secrets sometimes he shares his revelations sometimes secrets come in the secret place but I gotta preach to you tonight there's one secret that he'll never tell anybody and that's the day of his coming oh God have mercy I've got to preach to you in this place and tell you that, that prophecy must come to pass please hear me when I say that the coming of the Lord will it will soon come to pass when John wrote these verses he said that these things must shortly come to pass somebody say shortly it was shortly then. We are down to moments. This ain't what, I, what I'm going to preach tonight, but let me go ahead and say, we're down to moments. You don't have time to play with secret sin in your life. We're down to moments. You don't have time. Listen to a bunch of worldly music. Oh, preacher, it's just a little country music. Hey, that's some of the most worldly music there ever was. 
Come on, as you listen to it. It's, oh, it's going into your ears and it's going to your heart. Oh, and it's making you, it's making you a man with dead man's bones. Don't have time for secret relationships. You don't have time for it. It's the end of time. Somebody lift up your hands and pray in this house right now. Shout out behind the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. I'm talking about revivals that outweigh what happened in the book of Acts. That greater, Brother Shelby, uh, that greater that you were that you were preaching about, Brother Colby, that you were preaching about. I've got to tell you that greater is for us. But it don't happen when you're in sin. God have mercy. I'm trying to move on tonight. Somebody stand on your feet and lift your hands and say, God, i got to get some things out of the way here tonight before we can get into the word of the Lord. Hey, let me tell you, i come to tell you there's somebody in this room that is lost. You are lost in going to hell if he comes back tonight. I've got to tell you, we're going to stand before him. We're going to stand before him. Some of you, you ain't cried in a long time. You need to press your way. I want to take a few moments here. Oh, to lift up our voice and say God if there be any wicked thing in me I rip myself of it if there be any any wicked way God any thought God if there be anything in me that is not pleasing to you cleanse me be seated Prophecy must come to pass. How to confess to you tonight that passages of Scripture, like I read tonight, they move me so greatly. The coming of the Lord never gets old to me. I have to confess that passages of scripture like this that speak of the coming of the Lord, it moves me so greatly. I am moved by the must of this scripture. I am moved by the must of the coming of the Lord. I am moved by the must of this world melting with fervent heat and there being a possibility of someone I know or somebody I love not knowing this precious truth that I know. I've got to tell you, oftentimes it moves me to tears. Oftentimes it moves me to prayer. Oftentimes it moves me to commitment. Oh, and other times it moves me to win a soul. I'm going to preach this as hard as I can preach it here tonight. I can't help but think Jesus is coming and somebody's lost. I can't help but think Jesus is coming and somebody's lost in my family. I can't help but think somebody's lost that I know. I frequent the coffee shop and I see them and I talk to them and I know them by name and they're lost if they don't know this message. I must, I must, I must do something. Hear me tonight. It is a reality that so many of us allow the reality of the coming of the Lord to move us to tears. We allow it 
to move us to prayer. But we do not allow it to move us to win a soul. I've come to shake somebody up tonight and tell you Jesus is coming and there's somebody in your city that you know that is lost. I've come to tell you Jesus is coming and there's somebody, oh, there's somebody in your family that is lost. There's somebody you just spent Christmas with that's never had a Bible study. There's somebody in this place, oh, you know, and you love somebody so much. Oh, but there's something on the inside of you that's been so timid. You've been afraid to speak out. Let me tell you what you have. You may, you may have fear. You may have doubt. But you don't have a must yet. You haven't felt the must. You haven't, oh, the must hasn't got a hold of you yet. I've got to tell you, there's something inside of one. Oh, there's something inside of somebody here tonight. There's something inside of you that's hindered you time and time again to reaching a soul. And I'm going to preach that out of you tonight. It bothers me, Brother Bradford. There's something in me that I cannot take out, no matter where I go. I hate flying. Cannot stand flying on a plane. I flew here, and I can't stand flying. Any bit of turbulence, and it's the coming of the Lord. <laughs> but something happens to me every single time. I get low enough to where I'm below those clouds and I'm preaching in a city and I see cars moving and I see houses and I see buildings. I see souls. I can't shake it. I can't. People teach you when you go, people teach you you know, your ministry, you go on vacation, try to try to turn ministry off. I can't do it. I've tried to do it. I've always got to connect with somebody. always got to touch somebody. Why? Because there's a must that God, there's a must that God is caught in my spirit. It moves me. It moves me to action. I want to tell you, we shout about it and dance about it. But baby, I don't just shout and dance about it. I'm so stirred up. Every time I hear Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must. Ye must. Ye must be born again. I'm preaching about the most urgent message in the most urgent hour. And that message is a must. There is, oh, this is not the hour to think about doing something for God. 
This is not the hour to dream about doing something for God. This is not the hour to pray about doing something. Some of you, you've been praying and praying and praying and you prayed past every opportunity that God's put in front of you. I'm telling you, in an urgent hour, you gotta pray. You gotta stay holy. You gotta be what you're supposed to be. But you gotta be a doer. You've got to do. It's time for, I've come to preach. Young man, it's time for you to do something. It's time for you to do something. Young lady, it's time. Quit waiting to grow up. It's your time. It's your moment. I'm going to win a soul. The, oh, somebody lift up your voice. There is a mouth. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Must is not optional. There's a lot of good people on their way to hell. I'm not denying that you don't have holiness. But you can have holiness and not have a must. I'm not, I'm not denying you pay your tithes or not. But there, there's a lot of people that write big checks But don't have a must. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give I that. Now. Now we have silver and gold. But we don't have that boldness. Now we have silver and gold. Peter and John, they're walking in rags. Here we are in custom suits and nice shoes. Oh, God. I've got to tell you here tonight. We, we are such a spoiled generation. But I've got to preach and tell you, there has to be somebody for the purpose of what God wants to do in your city. There has to be somebody that say, God, oh, God, I've got to get my hand on a must tonight God help me to see the multitude I've been blind I've been blind there are some musts that the Lord has sent me to preach about here tonight and I don't plan to preach near as long as I preached last night somebody say thank the Lord <laughs> How I tell you, Mary and Joseph, they can't find him. They can't find him at all. They're, they're losing my, their mind. They're backtracking. They're stopping at every spot that they stopped at, Brother Brad. And they finally find him in the temple. And there he is. 12 years old. And he's, anybody 12 in here? 
with me. God have mercy. Hey, bro, come here. This is your night. Come on. What's your name? Terrell. Terrell? Mama can't find Terrell. I just want to give you a visual tonight. 12 years old. 12 years old. And they find him and he's talking to people that are educated. And they are marveling out of what is coming out of his mouth. And Mary, I can see Mary running up and... Hey, let me tell you, if, if Ezra has left us for days, daddy's losing his mind. I'm running, I'm, I'm crying, I'm sweating. But somewhere in the midst of this, oh, he, he, he turns, Jesus turns to, to Mary and Joseph. And he said, how is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? Mama, I have some business that I got to take care of. You didn't have to. You were going on vacation. But I got a must on the inside of me. Come on in. It, come on, you could be off the hook if I said he was 32 years old. But he was 12 years old. He was 12 years old. Oh, how do, what, what, what caused it? There was a must. He had a hold of a must. What was it? What was, I got to do something. I got to talk. I got to speak. I got to, oh, there they are over there. I don't even know what I'm going to say. But I got to lift up my voice. Hey, let me tell you, in 2023, a lot of us are concerned about a lot of other business. You're, you're worried about your business? You on Instagram worried about everybody else's business? <laughs> I ain't going to share this post so everybody can see I shared it. But I'm going to send it to somebody else. Worrying about other people's business. I'm saying somewhere God says, I'm ready to turn your city upside down. But who? <laughs> Who's going to handle my business? Who's going to? Hey, let me tell you. I, I, I know. I know being a teenager and be, some of you, you're. Some of you, you're, you're hyphen age. and Some of you, you're here tonight. You're, you're trying to go to college. You're trying to figure out how you're going to pay for stuff. and You're trying to start a business. And you're trying to figure all this out. And you're saying, how in the world can I do it? How in the world can I work both worlds? I want to tell you, if you'll take care of his business, he'll take care of your business. I'm calling a refocus in this house. I'm calling for a refocus in this house. Get your eyes off of everything else and look at the field. There's a field. Oh, the harvest ain't the problem. The laborers are the problem. The harvest ain't the problem. The laborers are the problem. It's there. It's ready. There's a harvest waiting for the check. I must, I must, I must. Come on, lift up your hands. Somebody's got to say, I must do the will of the Lord. I must do the will of the Lord.
What about God's business? What about God's business? I talked today to one of the greatest soul winners that I have ever known. I, there may be somebody here that knows his name, but I want to tell you, he didn't preach meetings. He didn't preach camps. He was a soul winner. He, I met him at a meeting in Dallas, Texas years ago. He's very old at that time. His body was very broken down, but he was still on the field. And he'd go and he'd preach at smaller churches and would help bring unbelievable harvest to those churches. His name was Billy Huey. Anybody know that name? <laughs> I never forget, I was, I got connected with him and my greatest goal in life is, my two greatest goals in life is to be anointed and to be a soul winner. Whatever it takes, whatever I've got to let go of to, ha to, to make that happen, that's what I'm going to do. I, I ran into this Brother Huey, and I, I'm telling you, Brother Huey, if he was sitting in here tonight, you, you, you probably wouldn't even think he was a preacher. And uh, he just, he's just very meek, and he's very, he's very kind, and he, he's not very loud. And, and I, I, I just want to tell you, I was so inspired by him because he would go into these little these these small churches and he would do outreach and I, I talked to him today just to make sure I got everything right and I said brother Huey tell me how your schedule would go he said I'd go into that city he said he said we'd have church several nights a week he said I he said I'd start my outreach in the afternoon he said and I would he said I'd go try to find people until church started I said, so about, about 12 o'clock, he said, yeah, about 12 o'clock I went out. He said, I may get me a hamburger. He said, but I would go. He said, I would, I would go and I would get people to come to church. He said, how'd you get them to church? He said, well, I would, he said, I'd make a promise to everybody. He said, Brother Fish, I remember when I talked to him the first time I was asked, I said, man, how are you getting all these people to church? He'd have like, Brother Colby had like, 40 visitors by himself as I've been I had like 40 visitors in the church I said how in the world are you getting all these people here he said well he said I just go down to the Walmart and uh, he said I just got a bunch of five dollar gift cards as many as I could get and I got a Bible he said I, I, I made a deal with the, the Pentecostal publishing house that they would give me a deal for boxes of Bibles he said he said, and I promised everybody, if you'll come to church with me, you'll get a Bible and a $5 Walmart gift card. And I go, my next, I'm, tell, I'm talking a lot of visitors, guys. And he tells me, he says, Brother Fish, you can't do what I do. Tell me I can't do what I do. I'm going to win a soul, baby. What do you mean I can't do it? He said, you got a family. He said, it don't, he said, it don't cost me but 40 bucks a week to eat. He said, any offering that I get coming in, he said, I just roll it back into gift cards and into Bibles. Somebody say his business. I got to stand next to that in judgment. 
He said, I remember. He said, Brother Fish, I remember. He said, I was driving. He said, I was preaching in Illinois. He said, and I had a, I finished the service. He said, and I had a two o'clock service in Missouri. Or Missouri, is what he called it. Two o'clock service in Missouri. He said, and I, I, he said, when I was in the court, he said, I parted my hair. He said, I went to spray and my hairspray was out. And I said, oh, goodness. I guess I'm going to have to go to the store and uh, get some. I'm going to have to go to the store and get some hairspray. He said, I don't, I don't really have time to have hairspray. He said, but, man, then I'm going to get to that pulpit. I'm going to look all funny because my hair is going to be crazy. He's talking he, today. He's telling all this to people. He said, and. He said, I just, he said, I was all messed up about that because I didn't want to look like that preaching before them people. He said, he said, I was driving. He said, I was just thinking, goodness, I wish I could get me some hairspray. He said, I'm driving down the road. He said, I look up. He said, and on, he said, there's not a car around. He said, and on the center line of the highway, there's a little bottle of hairspray. He said, I got out. I kid you not. He said, I got out and picked it up. V05. He said, Brother Fish, that was some of the best hairspray I ever had. What am I saying? You take care of God's business, and He'll provide the hairspray that you need, baby. There's somebody in here. You're saying, how in the world could I ever go to college? How am I going to work it out? Hey, I come to preach to you here tonight. If you'll make up, I got to find a soul. I got to find a soul. Come on, it may cost me. Oh, it's going to cost you a meal. It's going to cost you. You're going to have to buy coffee. Come on. You're going to have to make up your mind. I'm going to be a soul winner. I'm going to be a soul winner. Oh, I'm going to be a soul winner. Come on, lift your hands and let something fall on you tonight. Let something fall on you tonight. There's a must. His must was greater than his insecurities. Jesus, how do you minister at 12 years old? His must was greater. You don't have to. You don't have to be very old to do something for God. Luke 4 and 43, Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. God is in the sending business. But some of you got your life so figured out you can't be sent. Oh, God is in the sending business. It's the will of God for some people in here that's not to be on the mission field next year. Before the year is over. Oh, somebody's messed up about that. Could you say, how in the world could that happen? I want to tell you, when you make God's business your business, something's about to change. 
the Jews, they didn't go through Samaria. They bypassed it. They went around it. There was a day. They're walking. Jesus is walking with his disciples. And the disciples start going around and he keeps going straight. What you doing, Jesus? You know we don't go fellowship with them people. <laughs> ah, oh, he said, scripture says he must needs go through Samaria. There was a must inside of him that when everybody else went one way, it kept pulling him the other way. When everybody else went around, it kept pulling him towards purpose. I've got to preach about a much tonight. The first miracle the Lord ever allowed me to be a part of. I was just a teenager. I just started preaching and I couldn't preach near like any of these young guys. And I'll never forget, we had a Sunday morning, we had a Sunday morning service and a potluck after church. And potluck days are good days and bad days. As an evangelist, I've had some of the best potlucks, and then I've been sick in the bed the next day. But this was a good potluck. And uh, for... They were going to have volleyball on the grounds, different things. It was some kind of special Sunday. But I remember for whatever reason, we were supposed to bring clothes to change into, but we didn't, cha we didn't change that day. And, uh, or we didn't bring clothes that day. And my, me and my family, we went home to change. And we were living in a city uh, right next to Silsby called Lumberton. And we went and we changed clothes. And on our way back through, it's first miracle God ever allowed me to be a part of. On our way back through, we had, we were like the first car. It was, there was no ambulance that was there yet. But a wreck had just happened. A, a horrible wreck. And I had just been at the altar praying, Lord, use me. Lord, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll say anything. I'll change anything. Do we still pray them kind of prayers? I have no plans. My plans are your plans. I remember I, it, it just came out of me. I said, Mom, stop the car. And she, she said, do. I said, pull over. I, I said, I, I feel this. I feel like God's telling me to do something. We were right there on the side of the road, and I, I got out the car, and I walked into the middle of that middle of that, that road, and cars were stopped on both sides. Man, I, I had to be 16, 17 years old at this point. And I, I, I looked, and I, and I saw a man. He was there and his eyes rolled in the back of his head. And he had blood just gushing out of his head. And he had a cell phone in his hand. I, I, don't, I don't know all that happened. But it looked as if he had been ejected out of the car. And the eyes, I don't, let me say this. I don't know if he was dead or not. I don't know. But I will say he was unconscious. And I walked into the middle of that road. No paramedics anywhere. People on cell phones standing around. Oh God, I was pulled out of that car by something. And I got down on my, on my knee. And I laid hands on that man. And I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak life. 
I speak life into this man right now. It was at that moment I saw him begin to move. That's that moment he began to move and he began to look up at me. And he made eye contact. Brother Wilmoth, I don't know. I don't know what his condition really had it was. But what I do know is that the Holy Ghost fell down right in the middle of that road. Paramedics come. I get out. I try to run out of the way because they're bringing stretchers out. I go to get in the car, and there's a woman that meets me. She's got mascara dripping off her chin. And she says, young man, I just want to thank you for what you just did. She said, I'm a backslid apostolic Pentecostal. She said, I've been away from the Lord for years. She said, but what I know and what you need to know is I'm going back to the house of the Lord, and I'm ready to get my life right Hey, let me tell you, sometimes it's for you to see and sometimes it's for someone else to see, but the must is just the same. I'm telling you, something is pulling at this generation. We got to learn to take God's cues. We got to learn to take God's cues. Sometimes it's turn around. Sometimes it's go back into that coffee shop and get another drink. Sometimes it's turn and stop at the park. It could be a number of things, but I'm telling you, there's got to be a must. I've learned a long time ago that God lives on a limb. I've never not one time stepped out, on, stepped out on a limb and God not met me there. God has sent me crazy places. Come on, I preached in crazy places. I preached in street corners. I preached in a number of places just because I felt the nudge and the must. There were, I've got a lot of awesome victory stories, but I've got a lot, other, a lot of other stories that I don't ever know what came of it. But what I do know is that God knows that Taylor Fish will respond to the nudge. He will... Come on, it's not always this audible voice from heaven. Sometimes it's a feeling you can't shake. Most often, it's an impression in your spirit. And you know, I got to do it. Nobody else is doing it. I got to do it. Nobody else is going. I've got to go. Nobody else is talking to it. I got to talk to it. That city's empty. That city don't have a church. There's no outreach in that city. Oh, We're going to send a team over there. What am I saying? It's the must. It's the must. Oh, God. If we could get a hold of a must. When I step out alone on a limb, I'm not alone. When I step out alone on the limb, Pastor, you need to do that. God, that's a little out there. But you got to understand that God's on the other side of the limb. That's where the voice is coming from. He's saying, I'm telling you to do that to meet me out here. God, have mercy. I feel something stepping in this place right now. Lift your hands, young man. Lift your hands, young man. I tell you this week, I tell you before Sunday, you're going to have to step out on the limb to obey God. I'm telling you, there's going to be a soul in your path. Come on. Come on. 
you got to get set, you got to get tired of this pretty Pentecostal church, and you got to say, I'm going for the limb. There's something out there. There's something out there. There's something out there. There's so much power in your step. There's no much authority in your step. Wherefore we labor. We labor. We work. We don't just watch. We work. We don't just show up. We labor. Come on, we got to make an adjustment of what the kingdom of God is really about. It's not just, oh God. Well, I'm going to get blessed. I'm going to get blessed. Hey, baby, it's more than you getting blessed. There's a limb. There's a limb. Nobody's ever been out there. Nobody's ever done that in your city. Nobody's ever started a Bible study in that school, on that college campus, or in that coffee shop. But it's the limb. And you got to make up your mind. Are you going to go where God is? Are you going to keep sitting here dreaming? Are you going to go where he's, call- where he's calling you? We labor. We labor. Why do we labor? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. What a scripture. Paul goes on saying, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Paul said, I have to win a soul. It's not optional whether I win a soul or not. There is a must that has moved me. When you really got a must... It beats your excuses. When you've really got a must. Oh, God have mercy. It changes everything about you. I'm so grateful for those that have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. But my concern right now is not those that are in this room, but everybody that's outside of this room. I think so many times we can get so focused on conferences and camps, and I love them. We can get so conference heavy. That we really forget. This is not about conferences. It's about conversions. Conversions. Apostolic conversions. Apostolic conversions. Where people who have been in witchcraft. Like Simon the sorcerer. Gets baptized in the name of Jesus. Apostolic conversions like the jailer that wanted to kill himself. Oh, Paul looks and said, hey, no harm. This was the Lord and they baptized him in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, this generation, it is time for you to have some stories. We got a lot of story hearers here tonight. 
But you can only be a storyteller if you do. I'm talking about the man that got the word out to all of Asia in two years time how do you do that only a must can do that I'm talking about a man that when he's behind bars oh he's writing to the church how does it happen oh there's a must on the inside of him I'm talking about when the hurricane is taking the ship and it's about to sink he's standing up and say hey boys be of good cheer I was with an angel we're journey. It's the will of God that I go change another city. Let me tell you, when you got a must, you know you ain't going to die. When you got a must, you know the adversary's not going to defeat you. When you got a must, you know he's going to pay the bill. When you got a must, you know he's going to come through. My God, I wish somebody would shout in this place and say, God, I got to win a soul. I got to win a soul. It's been too long since I want to We are living in the generation of the four-wall Pentecostals. What's a four-wall Pentecostal? Well, a four-wall Pentecostal, someone who knows how to have a move of God inside of the four walls. If you look throughout the Gospels in the book of Acts, there were more people healed, more people filled with the Holy Ghost outside of the church. I'm thankful for this building. I'm thankful for its heritage. I'm thankful for the price that was paid and the men that built it. But I want to tell you that oh, it is not the will of God for us to be four well Pentecostals and shout and dance and praise but get out and stutter when we're outside and somebody's got a devil in them. Come on, soldier. Strap up your boots. I've come to call you tonight. I've come to call you to active duty. God's calling you outside of the building. He's calling you to the street. He's He's calling you to your college campus. He's calling you to your high school. Come on. We know how to do it. We know how to have church in here. Oh, but let me tell you, the greater, the greater thing shall you do is going to be outside the building. I've seen a phrase as of late float around social media, and it's really bothered me. It's bothered me because I live with a must. You know what that phrase is? They've got on hats and T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. People are saying, let's make heaven crowded. Well, that sounds pretty good, right? But if we're not careful, we'll say, I agree with that one right there. Matter of fact, I'm going to take that phrase and I'm going to put it in my Instagram bio. And never win a soul. 
God, I got to preach this here tonight. If we're not careful, we got these apostolic influencers. Taking their selfies and outfits of the day. And the outfit ain't even apostolic. Let me help your walk with God. You need to invite somebody to the block party. You need to block some profiles and say, let me tell you, just because it says hashtag apostolic don't mean it's apostolic. Let me tell you what we need in this generation. We need some real apostolic influencers. Show us how to pray. Show us how to teach a Bible study. Show us how to win a soul. Show us how to dance. Show us how to shout. Show us how to be radical. Show us how to win a soul. We have great church. My goodness, what church we have had. If we're not careful, church will be so good that we never win a soul. Play where we'll shout so much, we'll dance so much, we'll sing so much, we'll preach so much that we forget entirely how to preach to sinners. See, I'll prove it to you. We got people in this, we got young people in this room. You feel a call to preach. Let me tell you what you're going after. You're going after the point. If I could have that point. (laughs) If I can have that title just right, I'm going to blow the roof off that place. But you forgot entirely what preaching was about. Come on, I love deep preaching. I love revelatory preaching. But let me tell you, I've seen a whole lot more people saved when all I had was a Bible and a step out on a limb. I've seen a whole lot more people say when I didn't know what was next and all I know is I had been in a prayer room and I began to preach, repent, and be baptized. Every one of you, come on. Sometimes my preaching wasn't loud. Set it down. Somebody needs to learn to preach from a chair. Give me another one. Give me that. Can I get another one? Somebody needs to learn to preach from a chair. Here's a, the thing that I that, that God, I really thought I'd preach about it last night, but it's kind of flip-flopped. The Lord has dealt with me about private pulpits. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, set to man be born of water. Say water. Water. And spirit. Say spirit. Spirit. That's not the same thing. Cannot. Say cannot. Cannot enter into the kingdom. That's a big deal, right? 
Hey, I've got to tell you. God is calling somebody to a private pulpit. Shut up behind I need that. Oh, God, have mercy. Shut up. I come to preach to you and tell you, if you can learn to preach from here, when you get here, you'll have no problem at all. But let me go on and say it. If you learn to preach from here and you never preach from there, let me tell you, you may win more than the ones that are preaching from there. Why? Because it's about the mass. It's about the soul. It's about the soul. I pray you catch it. There are private pulpits in every city represented here tonight. There are private pulpits. Where are they? They're in coffee shops and they're in parks. Where are they? They're in high school rooms. Oh, where are they? They're in apartment buildings. They're in living rooms. Where are they? I want to tell you, they're in break rooms on your lunch break. Lift your hands and get a hold of what God is trying to do tonight. Today. Today is day 300. And 63 of 2023. And somebody has went 363 days without winning a soul. I hate that I have to address it, but I feel this. Oh, but preacher, I've been preaching myself. We are all mandated by a must. But you, oh, the mandate of the must is not good enough. You've got to allow the must to move you into position. I got a call at the beginning of the year. Well, April. I got a call in April from a young man. Listen, the Holy Ghost was being poured out across campuses, across the United States, and it still is. This, this next year, the first quarter of the year, we're going to do a Holy Ghost rally, University of Maryland. We're going to do a Holy Ghost rally, University of Georgia. There's different. But hear me, I got a call from someone that went to Yale University. Yale. They said, Brother Fish, we want you to come. I said, okay. He said, all of the Christian organizations on campus, they have been meeting. <laughs> this is crazy. They have been meeting every day at 6 in the morning and every night at 9 p.m. every day of the school year. And their prayer has been one prayer. I said, what is that? Their prayer is, Lord, pour out your spirit upon this campus. Catholic organizations. 
Shalabai, Baptist organizations, non-denominational organizations. I want, oh my God goodness they had been praying I'm not talking about an apostolic group meeting saying pour out your spirit but I'm talking about people meeting saying Lord I see what I'm reading in the Bible and what I'm reading in the Bible is not happening at my church I want this outpouring of the Holy Ghost in my life I walked into that, I walked in to that auditorium. Very old, I mean lectures and all kinds of stuff had happened there. And I brought the most powerful message that I could ever preach. Except a man. Be born of the water. And the spirit he cannot. Enter into the kingdom of God. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you. And to your children and all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Oh! And with many of the words that he exhorts saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Those that heard the word. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was a crossroads. There was a pull to conviction. They had to bring, Peter had to bring them to a crossroads. It's not just hearing it. I'm going to give you the opportunity to receive it. 3,000 souls got in the water and were baptized. I want to tell you, this is the most powerful message in the world. But here's my message tonight. You can have a hold of the message and not have a hold of a must. How many of us here tonight, you know the message? But you can't find the must anywhere. I call everybody to activation here tonight. I call everybody in this room to activation in this house. Somebody's got to lift up your hands and say, God, I'm going to win a soul. God, I'm ready to win a soul. It's been too long. I'm going to win a soul. I'm going to win. A... Let me tell you, the must makes you radical. The must makes you radical. The must. Ushers, if you'll come and get ready. Oh, hear me right now. The must. It'll make you radical. The must. It'll make you fearless. The must. It'll, it'll take care of your doubt. The must. Everybody lift your hands and begin to pray. 
Those that were, those were, were going to do it, move the chairs. You can move the chairs if you like to right now. Come on, lift up your hands and begin to pray. Nobody looking around. Everybody standing. Everyone standing. If you're on the altar, stand up right now. Lift up your hands and begin to pray. God is going to visit us tonight with a burden that's going to change everything about you. If you will allow it to, come on and pray in this house. Come on, I want you to pray your biggest prayer. Come on, lift your hands and say, God, I've been so afraid, but I'm ready for a must. God, I've been, I've doubted so much, but I'm ready for a must. God, I've talked myself out of it time and time again, but I'm ready for a must. Come on, young man, get a hold of it. Come on, young lady, you've been talked out of your ministry long enough, but if you can get a hold of the must, if you can get a hold of the must, Jesus. Come on, I charge you in the Holy Ghost. Close your eyes and let your voice out. Mando ma yondole a shaye. Mandole me yo shandole a mahaye anaba. Come on, walking through the door of the supernatural is important. But I'm preaching about what you're going to do with what you got last night. I'm preaching about what you're going to do with what you found behind the door. Come on and pray. Come on and pray. Come on and pray. crowd with a burden baptize this crowd with a burden come on come on I'm talking to every student I'm talking to every parent I'm talking to every minister I'm talking to every person in the room God is wanting to move you with a must God is wanting to move you with a must Come on, some of you, you've already got... You've already got Bible study, Bible studies in, in order. You've already got campus ministries in place. But I'm preaching tonight that every campus, every campus in this area should have an apostolic presence on it. It should have a room with a Bible study going on. It should have an opportunity for someone to receive the Holy Ghost. Listen to me tonight. Tonight, we have 1,000 Bible studies that we're going to give out 
to this crowd. I want to make a few stipulations on this before you start handing them out. Before you start handing them out. Hear me. Hey, guys, pay attention, everybody. Listen. I want all of the students, all of the students that are here, all of the youth group age, all of the college and career age students to have first dibs on these. Parents, I love you. Download it online. <laughs> if there's more afterwards, we can, we'll let you have some. But I'm telling you what we're doing. We're putting AK-47s <laughs> in the hands of our kids. And they're about to storm the gates of hell and see the greatest revival that they've ever seen in their youth group and in their city. I come to preach to you and tell you, oh God, some of you are trying to look at building programs. I prophesy right now that some of you, you're about to have to try to figure out where to put the young people because the room you got them in now ain't going to work after what God is going to do with those that will activate. Come on, somebody's got to lift your hand. It's not going to be. It's not going to be my pastor. It's not going to be my youth. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. This Bible study. One many souls teaching this Bible study. Young people and old people. I want a gang member teaching this Bible study. I remember I was in, I was in Wisconsin near Milwaukee. And for anybody that knows, witchcraft over there is just off the charts, man. When I was in town, they had the McDonald's had, had something on the door that said, Full moon ritual. Come to the park at this time. It was no joke. In your face stuff. We were out on outreach one day. There's a lady that we run into. I believe in street evangelism. We just got out of 18 weeks of street evangelism in my home city. We saw 101 people filled with the Holy Ghost. Was it because the preacher was good? No. Wherefore we labor. Come on. We can either talk about 100 soul revivals or we can go after them. Come on. We can, we can talk about doubling our youth group or we can say I'm going to labor. I'm going to work. Slam the door in my face if you want to, baby. I got to find another soul. We met this lady in Wisconsin and we said, you got anything we can pray with you about? We're not handing out outreach cards and saying, would you like to come to our church? Please come and sit with me. I'll save you a seat. No. We say, listen, I'm an apostolic Pentecostal. We believe in the power of the name of Jesus. 
We've seen miracles at our church. Is there anything we can pray with you about? She said, well, I'm on my way to work. She said, but... She said, you're, you're not going to believe this. She said, but I've had, I've had uh, devils dragging me out of my bed every night. Let me write that on the prayer request. <laughs> no. I looked at her. I said, oh, sis. The word says, in my name. <laughs> Shall they cast out devils? I said, sis, we got something to fix what you got. She said, look at my arm. She had claw marks all over her arms. She had claw marks all over her arms. She said, this is what I'm dealing with. She said, nobody can see it. But I can feel it. Look what's... what's. I said, I, she said, I, I, can't, I can't sit down with you. I'm walking to work. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, tomorrow, I said, we got a 10 o'clock service. Meet me at 9 o'clock at this church. I said, and I'm going to do a Bible study with you and show you how to, how to fix this, how to have power over this. And when you leave, you're not going to have to deal with it anymore. So okay. So I get a call at 8.30 the next morning from the pastor. He says, hey, man, I got two ladies up here. I said, oh, oh yeah. I, I got to get up. She, he said, they said you're supposed to teach them Bible study. I said, man, I, I said 9 o'clock. I said, man, they're hungry. I said, okay. I walk in. And there's the, there's the lady that's been drugged out of bed by devils. And sitting next to her is the most evil, most messed up looking lady I ever saw in my life. And I'm telling you, when I walked in the room, I felt a demonic presence there. And I said, whoa, this is going to be an interesting Bible study today. <laughs> but let me answer your question. I get people come up to me at, at meetings and revivals and shoot me stuff on Instagram. And they're saying, hey, give me, a, get, get, get me some tips on teaching a Bible study. Read the Bible study. Read it. If you can read it, you can teach it. And I'm reading. I get to the part in my name. They shall cast out devils. I said, you know, the spirit world's really real, right? She said, you have no idea. Stick to the Bible study. And I just begin to read the word. And I begin to talk about remission of sins. And I begin to talk about start, starting over. I'd have them read a scripture and then I'd expound on the scripture underneath. I, I wasn't, after she said that to me, I realized I, I'm not going to get caught up with this. I'm going to stick to my plan. And I'm going to let the word do what I can't do. That's the power in Bible study. The word will do what you can't do on your own. She was, oh, she was mad. I'm telling you, she had all kinds of crazy, evil tattoos all over. Crazy different color hair. 
and I'm reading, and really I'm kind of getting lost in the Bible study. I have them read, and I kind of made my mind, I don't know if I want to look at this lady. She's tripping me out. And I'm, I'm, I said, can you read you know, Mark 16, 16? And then can, can you read Matthew 28, 19? And she'd read it, and I'd stay looking down. And finally, I tell her to, to read something else. I look up, and there's a tear going down her face. Let me stick to the let me stick to the plan here. This thing's really working. And I keep on reading and I get down and I got two little questions. And there's something on the inside. Hey, listen. I'd rather preach to 10,000 people at times than teach a Bible study to one witch. And on the back the very back of the the number uh Page 12, in closing, here are two very important questions that we must ask. And my insides are going, because I don't want to ask them. Can we repent together? Yes. <laughs> Number two. I, okay, we, we just did that. I've got, I've got one more question because we've got to get through the whole Bible study. I may not ask this, but it's, in the, it's part of the Bible study. We've got to teach it. Is there any reason we can't baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and pray with you until God fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost? I'm ready. We took them down, baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. What am I telling you? I'm telling you there's somebody. You got to understand. Oh, you, it don't matter how gifted you are. You're going to have nerves when you go to reach a soul. But somebody, the must has got to be greater than your nerves. The must has got to be greater than your fear. The must has got to be greater than anything else. Somebody lift your hands and say, I'm going to win a soul. Ushers, I want you to pass these out just for the few mo for the next few moments. Let's begin to pray in this house. I want us to pass these out to as many young people as we can right now. Once you get yours in your hand, I want you to lift it up to the Lord and begin to pray. Come on. Come on, reserve these for students, for young people. Come on, once you get, come on. When you get that in your hands, you better lift up your hand. There's a burden that's about to set down in this room. Tonight, you are called to activation. Tonight, you are called to activation. Come on right now, come on right now, come on right now. Come on, press your way in and reach to one of these ushers. Come on, 238 conference. Come on, 238 conference. Come on. We're about to do what Acts 238 really is all about. Come on. I got to find us a God. I got to get a hold of the must. I got to find somebody. I got to find somebody. People are already coming to your mind. People are already coming to your mind. Come on, you got friends. 
friends that you've never shared the gospel with that's already come into your mind. Come on, I want you to take that Bible study and I want you to hold it close to your chest. Take that Bible study and hold it to your heart. Come on, hold it to your heart. If you haven't got one yet, lift up your hand so we know where you're at. If you have a Bible study, hold it close to your heart. Close your eyes and say, God, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. Come on, don't you dare stand there with that Bible study and don't pray. Don't you dare. You might as well throw it back on the altar. But there's got to be somebody in this place that said there's a burden. There's a burden 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 come on somebody's about to start a ministry on your college campus come on somebody's about to find a private pulpit at a Starbucks Listen to me. Put your hands down. If you're here and you still need one of these Bible studies, raise your hand. Got one right here. Got some over there. Some. Of Come on, if you're if you're it very if you're in the middle, try to make your way to an aisle. We got some on the platform here. I'm getting ready to write a pamphlet on. Prayer booth evangelism. But I'm just going to tell you how to do it before that ever comes out. <laughs> Last 18 weeks, I've went around to businesses in our home city. We've act and we've went to managers. You say, I know that. The cheerleaders and the football teams and the Girl Scouts and all these different clubs set up and sell cookies and all this stuff. Would you mind if we could just set a 10 by 10 canopy out in front of your business? We're not going to sell one thing. We're going to give away free drinks and take prayer requests. That's it. That's it. We did this for 18 weeks. I cannot tell you the amount of families 
that have come through our church from just that outreach. How could something crazy like that work? Because we were designed to go outside. You're not going to find a young man any more submitted, any more committed. I believe in the house of God. I have my man of God. I tithe to my man of God. But something happens when you get through the jitters and you say, I'm going to step out and we're about to expand some territory. We got, we got six people. Six people. Two people holding signs and two teams, a, a woman team and a man team ready to, ready to pray. People... I had people drive up, weep and cry. I saw that sign that got a hold of my heart. I need you to pray for me. I'm so deep in this addiction. I need God to deliver me. Thanksgiving, oh, the week before Thanksgiving, my pastor said, we're going to take this to another level. He said, we're going to do prayer booth outreach. We're going to set it right up outside the church. And we're going to give a Thanksgiving dinner to 50 families. So all you do, you know, the church, we, we give to our community. We give cookies and we, you know, we do different things. We give turkeys away. But this is what we did. We set up a registration station. We set, we set up a prayer booth. And then we distributed the food. And here comes a man by the name of Otis. He's pushing his bike. And Otis comes up. Thank you so much. I, I didn't have no money to even have Thanksgiving this year. We're so thankful for you, for you to do this. We said, Brother Otis, let's get your name and number. Would you like a Bible study? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, you know, I used to do that whole church thing, but I, I, I'm not really into that. And I said, well, is there anything we can pray with you about? His head dropped down. And a tear starts rolling down. He said, you know, I'm a lot better than I've been living. He said, Brother Otis, God loves you. I want you to lift up your hands. We're going to pray with you. Right in the parking lot. He lifts up his hands. We lay hands on him and God fills him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost standing right there. We know where he's at. We got contact with him. Doing our best to get him in Bible study. But I can't help to think that somewhere in your life there's an Otis who's a lot better than he's been living. Somewhere deep down, there's a love for God. But it don't matter how much he loves God if we don't have a must. I want you to lift up your hands across the room. I am done preaching. I preached longer than I wanted to. But tonight, somebody close your eyes. I'm going to ask you, don't get caught up in a song. You got one prayer tonight. 
And that prayer is this, God, you're going to lead me to a soul. You're going to lead me to a soul. I'm ready to be moved by a must. Come on right now, somebody. Somebody needs to pray with all you all you have. God, lead me to somebody. Come on, minister of the gospel. Come on, young lady. Come on, young man. Pray with all you have. It's time. Somebody's going to win a soul by the end of January. Somebody's never won a soul in your life, but you're about to because you're being moved right now you're so moved wherefore we labor for we all must stand before the Lord come on pray with all you got pray with all you got come on right now I want every preacher I want every youth pastor I want every saint of God find a young person lay hands on them and pray until a burden gets a hold of them. This is your mandate from God. This is your mandate from God. This is your call. Come on, I wish every college student would lift their hands. Every college student, you're just trying to get through school. You just want to get through school so you can start working. But there's a must that's about to get a hold of you. And there's about to be a revival that comes through you on that campus that the campus has never seen before. in the foyer lift up your hands and lift up your voice come on get a hold of the must let it move you nobody looking around nobody standing around get a hold of this burden get a hold of this burden let it move you to action Somebody's got to say, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. But God forbid all I ever am is a four-wall Pentecostal that don't know how to have a move of God outside of the building. God, help me to be sensitive. Help me to recognize what you're doing when I walk into the room. Are you moved by the must? 
Are you moved by a must? A must will make you go to foreign fields. Come on. A must will make you walk into your high school with a move of God on your mind. A must will cause you to step out on a limb and do what nobody else has ever done in your youth group. somebody needs to make a commitment to God God I won't play video games till I win a soul God I'll let go of coffee till I win a soul come on call me crazy but I call it radical when you make up your mind I'm living for the sole purpose to reach somebody and pull them out of hell Oh, come on, musicians, pray. Come on, singers, pray. There's something in this room tonight. Come on, you've dreamt about it. You've thought about it. You've seen other people do things and thought maybe it could be me. It's time to step. It's time to walk. It's time to activate. Come on, somebody tonight, tune in your Holy Ghost radar. Tune in your Holy Ghost radar. God, who is it? Who is it that's on my list? Who is it? Who is it, God, that you're leading me to? Who is it? Come on, if there's nobody on your list, you ain't going to win a soul. Make up your mind. Uh, make up your mind. I've got somebody on my list. Come on, call out their name. Call out their name. ready to transform the makeup of who you are. Throw your hands up right now and let your voice out. Lord, let the spirit of evangelism fall on this conference tonight. Let the spirit of evangelism fall on every young person, on every student, on every parent, on every minister, on every pastor, on every evangelist on every missionary let the must move us to do things that we have never done before Come on, somebody's been asking God. God, I just need direction. What's my next move? I'm telling you what your direction is. Your next move is a soul. Your next move is a soul.
Come on, somebody. You're not going to wait till you're 35 years old to have revival. Somebody's about to have, somebody's about to have revival at your 15-hour-a-week job that you've been working. Somebody's about to have revival in your junior high. Somebody's about to have revival in your coffee shop Bible study. Come on, I'm looking for a limb. I'm looking for a limb. Come on, somebody's got to pray, God. I'm looking for a limb. Where's the limb? Where do you want me to step, God? I don't care if nobody else is there. I know you're there. this is our cry Lord lead me God download into me a name come on God let me be more sensitive God I'm looking for a limb I'm looking for a limb tune in my Holy Ghost radar give me a soul God Lead me to a soul, God. I got to find a soul, God. Somebody's going to hell, God. (laughs) 
Keep praying, young man. There's a revival in you. Keep praying, young lady. There's a revival in you. There's a revival in you. There's soul-saving power in you. Come on, activate, activate, activate. Somebody needs to make up your mind. I'm about to be the greatest soul winner that my city has ever seen. I'm about to be the greatest soul winner, oh, that my church has ever known. Come on, I'm going to pull a soul out of hell. Pray with all you've got. Make that commitment tonight.